Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Judges 7, 1 through 23, we are going to be looking at the fact that on our own, we give birth to wind, but by God's strength, we can move mountains. So today, if you have not noticed the background noise, and depending on my editing abilities, <laughs> you will notice that I am actually recording outdoors. Uh, today, the thing is, today is just too beautiful a day to be recording indoors. That's that's my conviction, okay? It's like 80 degrees, but I'm in the shade. It's too beautiful, and hopefully you can enjoy this with me. You're probably in a car right now or some. Got the AC blasting. Hopefully, you've got the windows rolled down, okay? It's summertime. Enjoy this, okay? It is a beautiful day. Enjoy it. Do not spend it in the air conditioning, okay? But on today, I want us to be looking at Judges 7. The first half of it, because the second half, like, well, it's not second half, but the second part is kind of like the weeds, and we're going to get into that next episode. But we're seeing... The fact that, you know, victory cannot be achieved by ourselves and that God is seeking his glory in this passage. So we're going to wrestle with that. We're going to dive in. So first, I want us to look at the fact that victory cannot be achieved by ourselves. So Isaiah 26, 16 through 18, it talks about Judah's defeat and the sad condition that they were in under God's discipline. And they were under discipline because they tried to do things their way. You know, God makes clear to Judah that they have no victory apart from him in that passage, Isaiah 26, 16 through 18. And Isaiah, he's, what he describes is, it's really seeking our own way. He compares it to giving birth to wind. You know, this, this struggle, you know, I've never given birth for obvious reasons, but You know, rumor has it that giving birth is painful. And what makes giving birth worth it is obviously the child. You know, you get the fruit of your labor, you know. But giving birth to wind is basically like all the pain that comes with childbirth and none of the goodness. Okay, and this passage, it parallels Judges 6 through 8 beautifully. Okay, when Israel sought to do things their own way. They had struggles. They had turmoil for no good reason. And God wanted to make sure that in this passage, Israel did not credit herself with the victory. Okay? When Israel sought to, you know, glorify themselves, as we're going to see in the next episode, they fell. They struggled. They were put into captivity, they were striving, and they gave birth to wind. But when they simply said, all right, God, we're going to do what you say, that's when they had victory. God knows the tendencies of his people and the sin that remains in their hearts. You know, it's telling that two-thirds of Israel was terrified in this story of Gideon, and they turned back. Okay, in contrast to the people of Judah that we looked at in Isaiah 26, the people of Israel find victory because they trust God with the battle. The point of this passage is that salvation is won by God alone. Okay, this people of Israel, the ones that stayed, they had faith because it takes a lot of faith to go up to a huge army. It's almost 150,000 people. 
they go to this army with like 300 men and some trumpets. You know, either these this army is terrified of you, which is very unlikely from a human perspective, or they get ticked off and kill you all. That's all that happens. You know, we really should be thinking of this passage leads us to, you know, some great doctrines in church history. I'm thinking of the five solas of the Reformation. You know, this faith alone. Clearly, this was not the strength of the people of Israel. And God wanted to make that abundantly clear. This is not you. Okay? And this points us to the salvation that God gives his people. That's from him alone. And for us as believers, it's from Christ alone. Okay? Christ is the one who wins that battle. And then we have scripture alone. Okay? God wanted his people to follow what he said. Not their own plans. That's why he used, you know, he used an an odd set of circumstances so that they would realize that they've got to trust what he says even when they don't think that's what they want. You know, we see this grace alone. The battle, again, won by God alone. This is not, you know, there was no other way to this victory apart from God. And finally, glory to God alone. That is the clear message of this passage. It's really just God saying, worship me. I gave you this. Stay with me. And yet the people of Israel turn away from that. And so let's see what some dangers are to avoid with this text. Okay, the first is this, it's this concept of claiming victory over all your battles. Okay, I see this a lot. And I want to, I want to put nuance in this, you know, There are many victories that we should, you know, we should claim. We have promises given to us, and we should not neglect those promises. Don't get me wrong. But this passage is a mirror of salvation, not just any problem you face. Okay, if if we have faith in Jesus to give us salvation from our dead state and sin, we're guaranteed salvation, just like Gideon was. That's the victory we've got to claim. Okay, we have to say, I'm giving up. I'm giving up my attempts to earn my salvation, and instead I'm trusting God, trusting God to redeem me from my fallen state and giving my life to him. That is the kind of victory we should claim. But if we have faith that God is going to give us a raise at work, we're not guaranteed this victory in this battle, you know, unlike Gideon. You know, Gideon was guaranteed a specific victory. And we just don't have that guarantee when it comes to, say, a raise at work or, you know, a healing from cancer. Those things, we don't have, we can't just claim that and say, we've got it. We can ask God for that, right? We can ask him, but ultimately we've got to trust his plan because his plan may involve us, you know, not getting the raise. His plan may involve us losing a loved one to a terminal illness. It's sad, but that's where we've just got to trust God. Trust God to handle things. Okay, we are promised. We can claim that victory that God is working all things for the good of those who love him. You know, we've got promises. God's got good plans for us, but we're not promised the details. So I see people, you know, claim these victories over these details that they haven't been given. God may give it to them because it's part of his plan, but believer, 
don't fall into you know this false hope that God's going to give you the exact victory the way you want it okay that's the first danger to avoid with this text okay taking this specific instance and applying it generally and the second danger with this text is we should seek miracles you know by avoiding earthly wisdom that's another mistake that's made with this a false claim is that we should seek miracles by avoiding earthly wisdom Listen to this. God most often works miracles through natural means. Here's an example. You know, I want us to look at the Battle of Normandy, okay? While the Allies, they were likely praying for a miracle. They were praying. They wanted deliverance. And they were indeed given a miracle. But notice their response. They were not ready for a battle bus from heaven, okay? They also made preparations to receive that miracle by having many boats ready, okay? You know, I'm thinking of, there's this illustration of these two farmers. They're both in a drought, and they're both praying for water. But one farmer prepares his field for water, and the other doesn't. So who is going to reap the rewards of this miracle, okay? If you've got a headache, don't pray for deliverance, and, you know, not take Advil, or not listen to really loud music. Okay, God works through natural means because that's what he has the world he created. He created a world that works in a regular manner and he wants you to play by those rules. Okay, sometimes he's going to give you supernatural deliverance and that's great. At the same time, you know, if you have a terminal illness, it's probably a good idea to go to a doctor and seek help for that. Okay. Don't take this battle. Don't try and say, well, Gideon used trumpets, and that's not the natural method, so that's what I'm going to do. Okay, that's not what this passage is telling us to do. This is descriptive, not proscriptive. There's a difference there. Descriptive is telling us what happened. It's a, it's showing us how God was faithful to his people, how even though they were dead in their sins, they were stuck in this pattern of rebellion, God brought them out of it. He gave them redemption. That's what this is. It's not a proscription of, you know, when you're in your sin, just crawl on your belly and, you know, wait for God to come. No, it's take the steps to fight that sin, okay? So this is not prescribing how we're to fight sin, all right? Don't wait for a supernatural, you know, deliverance. Don't wait for a Gideon to come in your life, okay? If you're battling anxiety, it's wise to seek help from God in the natural ways. You know, use some of that sleepy time tea, okay? I forget what's in it, but that, man, that stuff calms you down. Whew, it's the good stuff, okay? Or go outside like I'm at right now, all right? Don't use this passage to tell yourself that true faith expects huge miracles every time, all right? We're grateful for the miracles, but at the same time, we're not just going to sit on our back and wait for the miracles to come, okay? We're going to act the way that God has shown us, clearly he wants us to act, all right? And so our second point today, we've seen, I want us to review a little bit, we've seen that victory is not achieved by ourselves, all right? We've seen that if we're striving by ourselves, we're giving birth to wind. However, if we are entrusting our lives to God, then we're going to see a fulfilled life, a life that is lived with a soul dedication to God, okay? And God will work for our redemption to make us more like Christ's image. 
And now I want us to look at the fact that God is seeking his glory here. He just puts it out bluntly, okay? He's like, Gideon, that's way too much. I'm not getting the credit. Is this narcissism? You know, is this God just pridefully seeking glory? We've talked about this topic in earlier lessons, but it's been a while, so we're going to talk about it again. God is God, and the office of God requires that you be praised above all else, okay? The best thing that we can fill our lives and attentions with is God, so it is both just and loving of God to exalt himself above all else. I want us to understand that. It is the best thing for us if God is seeking his glory. God is God, and that's what he deserves to do. He needs to do that to be God. He needs to seek his glory. He needs to be first place because he is God. God shows his compassion in this passage. God understands the weakness of his servant Gideon, and he strengthens him by giving him yet another sign. God ought to be high and never interact with his people, okay? But he is a gentle and lowly God that interacts with his people. He stoops down from heaven to talk to his people, okay? God shows his power in this passage. We've seen compassion. We've seen his glory. When we're seeing his power, all of creation is subservient to God. We've seen God show his providence over all people before with Deborah and Barak. You know, God puts the people in terror. And God again shows that even people with their free will, they're subservient to him. God can put this people in a panic. And, you know, they just, they don't know what to do. All right. People think that there's this idea that, you know, people, God can't control people. There's like this firewall that God has that stops him from controlling people's free will. Okay, God can make you want to do things. God can put people in a state of panic. God can throw nations down. There's not this barrier that God puts up between himself that's like, oh, I can't control people. Like, yeah, he can. And yeah, he does. Okay, we're seeing this play out right here. A huge army, God says, I'm going to throw you into a panic because you're my creation. I can do what I want. That's what God's doing here. And we ought to praise him for that, that this God is all-powerful. He is all-just, and he is also gentle and lowly. So Christians, instead of seeking to become more like Christ in our own ways, instead of seeking to live a life that counts through our own methods, we've got to trust God's plan. And by God's strength, then we can live a life that counts. We can move mountains, okay? We can live out God's plan for us when we trust God and His ways. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us on Facebook at Adopted Believers.